This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. Uh, You are not uh, hearing the usual wonderful voice of Russ Herman here introducing this morning. He sadly is unable to be in the studio, and unfortunately, Vinny is also out of the studio. But we do have a couple of wonderful guest hosts, and the first is no stranger to you who are listening to us. That is Pastor Josh Bales. Hi. How from are the you? Well. Welcome yeah, back. It's thanks. great to have you. Good to be here. And the truly historic guest <laughs> that we have here today. And I'm I'm honestly I'm a little sad that Russ is not here to witness this. But producer Andrew Hello. is at the table today. Producer Andrew, welcome. It is very weird to be on this side of the glass. I'll say that much. <laughs> it is a little odd that we don't have that nice barrier um, between <laughs> us here. I Andrew. have broken under the barrier. That is right. he, he gets to go back in later and edit anything. That <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I have to edit my own voice after this. This is the advantage. <laughs> well, welcome, both of you. Thank you Thank for you. stepping in. So we're, we're going through a series on a book called The Great Dechurching by Jim Davis and Michael Graham. And uh, we started that uh, this week. And um, it's something we're going to be looking at for the foreseeable future. And the one thought that we like to keep in mind is that the D-Church aren't just members on a spreadsheet. They are people we know and love. So it's just something as we consider the D-Churched and what that means. Just a good thought to keep in mind. Uh, These aren't just stats, but they're actual people, image bearers of God that we know and love. And since we have a couple of our our, our usual suspects out of the office today, we're going to go back today and just kind of, again, talk through some general ideas and concepts on the de-churched and what that means. So, brothers, uh, that's my introduction. So, whoever wants to just jump in and uh, start talking. So, what's the definition of de-churched according to the book? Well, I think that uh, those that had been in church would... You know, once in the last year would, and and now are not going back. I so think, they were they I think were faithfully ways, attending. They, I, I think right. the definition is that they were once a month at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they that were, was considered a faithful attender. Once and now a month they at attend least, at least now, less than once a year. Less than, less once, than a year. once a year. Which we kind of struggled to figure, okay, how do you attend less than, than well, once you, you a year? You, you, you come up, you kind of put your foot in the door, and then you leave. You, you yeah. miss the first part of the singing, you show up for half an hour of the sermon, and then you leave, leave early. Yeah. You leave early. Leave yeah. before anybody can talk to you. Um, yeah. No, but in, in all reality, I think we've talked about this. There's been a, there's been a de-churching all through history. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the principal passages, and you can look at the the parable of the soils, you know, yeah. where the gospel is spread out and some of it falls on hard ground and uh, and doesn't take root. Others of it is found, uh, you know, the, the birds of the air carry it away. Uh, some of it finds its, finds good soil and other finds itself in uh, thorny soil and the weeds 
choke it out. So in some ways, it's talking about individuals and people who have heard the word that don't take root in the word and then go. And and uh, so there's a there's some dangers about, you know, the way we hear God's word uh, that will come into play in terms of our adherence to a church and adherence to and when we say church we're talking about the body of Christ we're not talking mm-hmm. about just an institution with four walls we're talking about the body of Christ you know what is you know when we really if we want to get theological dechurching is leaving Christ yeah mm-hmm. it's not losing your salvation because that's impossible. Uh, the Spirit of God who causes somebody to be born again can't unbirth them, but they do belong on, on one level to the visible institution of the church. So that passage that you quoted, Mark 4, uh, this is what it says. It says, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. So it looks like they're saved because mm-hmm. they receive it on right. some level and even have the affection of joy with them. Mm-hmm. But then it says, but they have no root in themselves. They were not actually saved, mm-hmm. but endure for a while. And then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with your Bible, in the book of Hebrews, this is what was happening writ large. Like, this mm-hmm. was massively happening. During the first century, there was a ton of persecution against uh, Christians who were Jews. They were being kicked out of the synagogues. They were being persecuted um, from, from city to city, and they were being tempted to go back to Judaism. And so the whole book of Hebrews is attempt to stop these, this de-churching movement from taking place. Mm-hmm. And I, and I would ag- I would agree with that. I think that this, this this situation you can see sometimes people will receive the benefits of Christianity. All of a sudden, you know, maybe uh, things go well for them, and uh, you know, it, it's they receive it with joy. They don't count the cost of discipleship. Yeah. They don't count the cost of being persecuted by the world. They don't ca- count any of those costs. They just want they just want the the bennies that come with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like friends with benefits. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, not quite. <laughs> Never heard of bennies before. That's bennies. Yeah. Um, so First John two nineteen, and so John even talks about the same type of phenomenon happening in the early church. He says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they have been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might be complained that they are not all of us. So I'm, I'm certainly, you know, th- this can't be applied, oh, John Smith isn't going to the well anymore, therefore he's not a Christian. That's not at all what John is saying. Mm-hmm. John, the, the Christian community was much more tight-knit because it was fairly contained to, to that part of the world. And so they knew if someone, like, left the church altogether, they're not just left the church in Antioch, but they're right. not going to church mm. anywhere. And, and John is saying that's proof that they actually didn't belong to God. Right. Yeah, there's no, you know, First Baptist or, you know, Free Methodist or, or whatever. You had the church right. in their day. So It was all the RPC in back then, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, they all sang psalms without musical instruments. It, it, it was great. It was our heyday. Um so then, so then, kind of honing in on definition, then, 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 de-churching. I think, generally speaking, would be apostasy, mm-hmm. right? You guys, I say generally speaking, yeah. <clears throat> because you, you look at like the guy in First Corinthians five who de-churched because he was sleeping with his stepmom. Paul welcomed him back in in Second Corinthians because he had repented. So, but generally speaking, it's a defecting, it's a turning away from God, it's leaving. Christ, as you as you said, Jonathan. Yes, I think um, one. I, I would agree that generally speaking, yeah, 
that I, I would I would add another category, like just as far as generally speaking. And I think I get this from, you know, you've you've mentioned in the past about how in church membership classes and stuff like that, you talk about how the church will disappoint. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. to your new members. The church will disappoint you, but then you also say, and, and we know that you're going to disappoint, disappoint us. us. <laughs> and so, you know, if, if you look at that, I think that's a great thing and a wise thing to tell people because we can start to put too much. You, I mean, especially if you're you're new to a church, it's kind of the honeymoon period. You're getting to know everybody. Everything's exciting. Everything's new. But then eventually, that's going to wear off. Yeah, and it just becomes kind of ordinary, and you will be disappointed by something that goes on that in the church. I think one if if the church disappoints someone, I, I think that's another category. You know, yeah. there, there, there's that relationship aspect where they've been hurt and, and you know, there's sin involved and maybe they put too much stock in this new church and, yeah. and they're hurt. And so they just, they just go somewhere else because they don't want to deal with it. Um, but then the apostasy side would be that they're just leaving because they're, that's, they're disappointing the church. So the yeah. church has disappointed them and they're leaving they're disappointing the church because they're turning away from the faith. Well, there's no going somewhere there's else. There's no scarlet letter A right. <laughs> on somebody that's committed apostasy. Right, yeah. So, so I mean, th- there are signs of apostasy. There's evidences of apostasy. There's marks of apostasy. Mm-hmm. But if somebody is, has left the church and they're you know just coming once a year, we pray for them and we encourage them. And, and by the way, this is why church discipline is really important and church membership is really important because if somebody just says, hey, I'm out of here, mm-hmm. well – you actually you can't do that yeah I, I guess i would i would say this that apostasy in some way is and uh, in, in my view is is involved it's either the reason for their leaving or it becomes the result of their leaving yeah. if they mm-hmm. if if we leave the the church and we don't and we're just going to do christianity on our own that's eventually going to lead to apostasy mm-hmm. yeah. and it's the first step yeah if we go back to those soils the four soils and uh, there's a there's a at least two of them where there was no Christianity involved. You know, the, the ones that the, you know, where the birds of the air carried it away or the ones that fell on hard ground. There is the, there is the sense where uh, there's one that you know, takes root, you know, but the, you, the, the weeds and everything choke uh, out things. We would call that the cares of this world. Right. You know? And so you would, you know, you have basically here somebody that has two loves and, and one is, one is, uh, you know, choking out the other. There, and and this is maybe what we see a lot of times with de-church people. They, there is a sense in which many of these people are true believers, but they, but you know, it's the same thing that Revelation talks about. You've lost your first love. You're mm-hmm. no longer you, you're no longer engaged with your first love. You have another love that's taking your time and your talents and uh, your treasure away from you, and so you're not really. Uh, Growing as as a believer, and I think this happens with people for a number of reasons. I mean, the casualties of of the church that where where there's a you know a problem, you know maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a problem that you know uh, came into your family. Maybe it's a problem from the from the leadership itself. Maybe it's abusive. Maybe it's it, it can be any number of the reasons in that where they they drift away mm-hmm. from from the from the church and yet maybe they're you know in their heart they're still believers they've they're not doing what uh, god calls them to do which is to gather together right and mm-hmm. that's what you said ryan going and doing christianity by yourself i i'm quoting misquoting someone from this table i'm sure over the years <laughs> but it if somebody says oh nature is my church or mm-hmm. you know i'll just read john piper or something like that it's 
Christianity is fellowship. It is mm-hmm. getting together with other people, and it's from my own experience. I've never said that exactly, but it's I've been in the pleasure of working with so many churches over my lifetime. And there, I won't lie, there were a couple of times where I said, you know what, I could do this at home. This is easy. And then you realize the moment temptation or something that you can't handle, which, spoiler alert, is going to be most of the sin that you encounter in life. Yeah. That comes along, you're you're going to be unprepared. Mm. It doesn't Mm. matter which way you slice it, you're unprepared for that. You need to be with other Christians. Mm -hmm. And and that happens a a lot. There are a lot of needs that come up, um, maybe benevolent needs that the church is called to address. And one of the first questions I have in mind uh, when somebody might call from outside is, do you have a home church? Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're calling the church to help out. You know that's part of church culture, mm-hmm. but why don't you have a home church right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to one of the things you opened with, Ryan, you said that we need to be we need to remember that these aren't just numbers on a spreadsheet; these are people that we know and love. I just want to flip that coin over. Mm-hmm. When someone de-churches, you're not de-churching from some abstract deity. Yeah, you're de-churching from the Lord Jesus Christ who hung on a tree and was crucified and pierced. And he said, if you love me, mm-hmm. you'll keep my commandments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, that is how, and, and, and as Andrew, you were just saying, I mean, one of those commandments is you gather together with the saints mm-hmm. and uh, you worship together and you fellowship together and hopefully don't follow down that path either because of apostasy or leading to apostasy of leaving the body of Christ and trying to do this on your own. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to the Gospel for Life, and we will see you next time.